Welcome to Podcast 2187. Enjoy the show. And don't forget to submit your blaster for inspection. All solo, all the time. That is, I can't imagine a more perfect way to start than what you just said. How'd you just hit record? I did. Well, that's perfect. Oh. It, it is a, it's very silly, but it works. So welcome to Podcast 2187 again. We're back, and we don't have Andrea with us tonight, but we do have Mark, and we have Jared, and we have me, and we have a discussion about a new Star Wars movie to have. So first, let me check with you two. How are you doing this fine evening? Doing good. This may be the last uh, uh, movie uh, discussion about a Star Wars film. <laughs> Box office, and, you know. Uh, make one again from from the doom and gloom on the internet. <laughs> I hate. I, I I get the reaction that people have. But I hate the. Uh, I just hate how everything is so extreme. I really feel super alone right now in this sports fandom because I I enjoyed a lot of the movie and while I watched it, like there's tons of stuff that I thought I still think is super fun, but there's also moments that I didn't enjoy while I was watching it. That the longer I've sat on. It kind of affected my overall enjoyment of the movie, and I, I need to see it again and reassess. But overall, like I feel like I have a very mixed reaction. So I didn't love it, but I certainly didn't hate it by any means. Like I loved, I loved aspects of it, and I, I have like, issues with other aspects. But well, and, what side, what side do you want to be on, Jared? Because we got the really, really far to one side where uh, Disney sucks. They're making movies just for, uh, just for uh, feminists and social justice warriors and all that stuff, and this is, they're not making movies for us. And then you got the other side who says, hey, you know what? This still isn't the movie that I want because there's not enough uh, women in it or women that matter. Or, it, you know. Yeah, no, I, I, to- I don't totally agree. In the middle with us who just, who just enjoy the movie and maybe have issues with it. Well, because I feel like that's definitely, I'm, I'm definitely in the middle because, like, I see where there are valid criticisms of the film that people are talking about, but I'm also like not willing to like, I don't know, be as extreme as a lot of people for sure on either side. I do think you uh, point out a good point that I think it's funny that people act like the only people criticizing it are the boycotters and the soy low. Just, you know, I really have a hard time not cursing right now. Tim. It's just like <laughs> thinking of them at all just make, makes me really mad. But like those guys are nuts and like, but the other people who are being pushed, who are like on the exact opposite side of the far extreme, it's like they couldn't have more different reasons for feeling the way they feel. But for one, you know, a lot of them have actually seen the movie, and it, yeah, it, 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 even if their opinions are maybe overly uh, disproportionate, if that makes sense, you know, at least they might be based on something they they feel. Whereas like the Soilo guys, I don't even know what they're complaining about. Those guys are like, there's there's too many of these movies are starring non-white dudes. Like there's all these women in Star Wars are the leads now. It's like this was a, this was the first one that was about a white dude. <laughs> like, like those guys don't. Have, like like if they wanted it to fail, then wouldn't the message be well? The only one that failed is the one that's exactly what these guys wanted. <laughs> so like I I don't get how they can even sort of be happy about the results, but they don't have a consistent position. And so I, I'm I I definitely I want to be on the side of of discussion again. Like I feel like it sucks because people who are more, I think, moderate, who didn't think it was perfect but enjoyed it, and people who maybe didn't enjoy it very much but see why other people did and, and enjoyed parts of it. Like, like the, the kind of middle ground, I think, is most of the people I know, but we're kind of pushed to being more positive because of these... Uh, yeah, God, again, I almost cursed again. <laughs> yeah. And I'm the only one who seems to, other than you, Tim, who seems to know consistently which variant or you know, related <laughs> word to ask we're not allowed to say and yet i'm the one who keeps almost saying <laughs> like they always say the, the, they always say the right one and apologize right but uh no no i don't know and and uh, it it's all just makes me think of the only other thing i think we would talk about in a shortened solo episode before we can really get into it with andrea next week uh would be the rebel force radio guys i don't want to talk about it much if we do but it's just like it's just no. related it's related to the, the negativity and it's just like i i hate this so negative like why can't we just talk about the movies and someone say i didn't like this part and instead of saying you're crazy i thought it's perfect saying why didn't you like this part say i liked it because of this and it's like oh and if you don't agree it's like you don't get mad that somebody doesn't agree or you can't convince them you you enjoy hearing someone's other reasoning and and i feel like it's but the but oh, okay that, yeah you know? 
and I'm sure we'll get to our individual reviews of the movie in just a minute. But really quickly, just just to boil it down, it's like everybody's complaining about what they want for this movie. And that's not what movies are supposed to be. We're, yeah. the, the complainers on both sides are complaining about what it didn't have or what they want for the franchise or this isn't my franchise or this isn't what I want the franchise to be. You know, it needs this or it needs to have less of that. Everybody who's complaining, whether it's for a valid reason or a good reason or an altruistic reason or whatever, they're all complaining about what they want it to be or what they think it should be or how it should go in the future. And I get that. But at the same time, it makes me wonder, what was it about Star Wars you liked in the first place? Well, they did the same thing with Last Jedi, right? I understand that. Yeah, but everybody's complaining about something. But in the end, it's like... Did you ever like it, or did you always want it to be something else? Well, or, you know, and I, 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 know what, I know what you mean for sure. But like, there's stuff I don't know. Like, like it's a direct example, I think, and I'll try and make it real short. But like with, with like the X Men, which is something I grew up with and I loved. I think it's been a metaphor for. It's very clearly a metaphor for like disenfranchised people and and you know some form of prejudice and civil rights movement. And yet, like, there's a criticism amongst people who. Our fans now that you know there's this overwhelming majority of them are just are white people and like that's not actually who has had to face the civil right the majority of civil rights stuff in the history of the U.S. See, there was a time when it was different, but you, you know what I mean. And and I feel like making that criticism like saying hey maybe it could be better and it could maybe even be more of what it is because I don't know like and and everybody has different desires and you're absolutely right that that whether or not. They're like upset that the movie didn't have certain plot elements, like people who are upset, you know, about Snoke not being Plagueis or whatever, or Ray not having the parents they want, it, which I think is a pr- pretty silly thing because it's specific. It's it's not having the story unfold the way you want. But I think sometimes people just want a little more of one thing or the other, or something to be thought through a little more. And we'll talk about a couple of things specifically that we've talked about already. That I think you understand a little bit of where I'm coming from 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 what we said uh, off the show, but like. Uh, we might as well just get in, get into solo. But I was thinking, like, like there, there's some stuff that I kind of understand where they're coming from more than others. But I do know what you mean. That it's 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 always coming at it from what you want to see or what you not necessarily expect, but what people would like. Yeah, what people uh, are hoping to see from franchises or from movie movie uh, series or media chains or whatever. Like, I, I, well, I definitely else. understand what you're saying. Everybody always has a hope, you know, whether your hope is, oh, I wish Han Solo, you know, uh, wins the Millennium Falcon. You know, I, I hope you get to see that. Or their their hope is, boy, I hope we get some really solid, you know, uh, people of color as far as characters. Everybody has a hope and desire. Some are just really just straight fanboys. Some are, like I said, more altruistic as far as, you know, representation. But at the same time, you have to look at what you're given, not at what you wanted it to be. And there's a way to balance all that. And I think the balance has gone the wrong way uh, with everyone's criticism. Everybody is criticizing it on what it's not, or this is not my star Wars, or this is not the way it should go forward. Everyone's criticizing it rather than, okay, let's hope for this and push for this. But at the same time, let's acknowledge whether it's a good movie or not, you know, let's acknowledge whether, you know, it's it's hitting some right story beats, you know, and, and instead, I think I think if anybody in the in the casual, you know, audience out there, or casual moviegoers are seeing this crap, they're like, I don't know that movie. Good Lord. Even the fans don't even know what they want. No, I think I think that's true. And it's something I've been thinking about a lot, a little bit uh, in relation, because I, I just keep thinking of it in comparison to Amazing Spider-Man 2, because people keep saying if this wasn't a Spider-Man movie, if this was didn't have reshoots, it wouldn't actually be a big deal. And that's, or, you know, it's the same thing. Now, what they're saying about Solo, you know, if we didn't have the massive reshoots and rejiggering and rehiring of new new creatives and whatnot, and this like low performance, if it wasn't a Star Wars movie, it'd be a huge success. And it's so it's reminded me a lot of that. And I think you're right because it was the same way. Like as that was coming out, people were complaining about it before it even actually came out. Like they were just down on the idea of it, it because they wanted it to be part of Marvel. So it's directly related, kind of what you were saying is a lot of that has to do with expectations, no matter what they were. It failed something, but it, it, for that it was impossible for it to do because Sony hadn't given up yet. You know they were still trying to do it on their own. And, and well, I, 
Yeah, I mean, one of the first things out is we shouldn't even be getting a Han Solo movie. It should be a Lando movie. You know, that's the movie everybody wants to see. And it's like, you know, okay. Well, I, I disagree, but all right. And in the end, everybody, I think, pretty much agrees that, that Alden Ehrenreich did a kick-ass job. So, you know, if people wanted to see Lando, they didn't show up for it. It, 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 you know, if this was the movie, you know, because everybody wants to see him, you know, the audience doesn't represent that. If everybody wanted to see, uh, you know, a white male, the audience doesn't represent that either. So what what is everybody looking for? You know, I, I don't know. I, I just well, think I, a lot I, of the, the discussion I, no, I on the Internet is just is just turned to, to crap. <laughs> I, I, I don't disagree because people who like I see who agree with each other, they'll get bent out of shape. Or you know they'll they'll say something that's uh, very assumptive or presumptive, and they'll end up not really listening to the, someone who like it happens all the time. I feel like it used to happen when I was a kid with my brothers, where they'd be saying the same damn thing and would be arguing with each other, but just saying it like in a different way, and they weren't really listening. And I I don't think that's always the case by any means. There are people who are diametrically opposed on a lot of this stuff, but I think there's more middle ground than we than we, like, allow ourselves to have, you know? Like, like I definitely agree with that. that like, there's no... I, I've been saying a lot. There's no room for nuance. Because whenever any of the box office stuff comes up, it's like, no, it's, it doesn't mean it's the end of the world, but to pretend that it's, like, not worth talking about because Star Wars is going to be fine, that's why it didn't do that well. Because they thought they didn't need getting, like, every other big-budget movie. I think that had a lot to do with it. Having not... Like, all these movies, Ant-Man didn't do great, but it didn't do crappy because it had a change of director. It did, did, did kind of crappy because it was just Ant-Man. And they expected it to underperform. But if they expected Han Solo to underperform, they would have scrapped it. They wouldn't have put all that extra money in. You know what? Like, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that, they, that they'd spend this much time on it and then not put in the ads unless they were kind of just, I think, and, and not do the traditional advertisements unless they were just really stuck in their ways. Like, they wanted to do it. We advertised for one Star Wars movie at a time. They wanted to prove better. And everyone said, I trust Lucasfilm. Look at their last movies. They, they know better. But it's like, look at the Avengers movies. Look at the Fast and the Furious movies. They're getting, they're getting more successful as they go, not less. Right. And, it, it, and I'm, I'm not being down on Star Wars. I love it. This isn't – I'm chicken little. I'm just saying <laughs> that, that there's no nuance, whether it's what you liked in the movie or discussing what the implications of it underperforming are. People like on both sides are, well, I'm going to take credit for this. It's like, you delusional psycho. <laughs> or well, it's completely pointless. Ignore the fact that the last three Star Wars movies, I talked a lot about successful box office performance and how, what that meant about it being good. Because that, the inverse isn't true somehow. Like the same counts, the same. I'm going to say it. They're not shills, but they're sycophants. They don't actually use critical thinking. And that's not the definition of being a fan. Like fans can hate a coach or, or a player on their team, right? Like I'm not a, again, I'm not a sports guy. I'm not going to call it <laughs> sports balls, like 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 quote unquote earnestly because I'm not a jerk. But but but, but like, that's a, a legitimate question I want to ask you guys. Like I, I feel like I've seen a lot of fans with my dad and my brothers, like like sports fans who you can be critical and you're allowed to be. You still have brand loyalty or fan or team loyalty, but like. Nobody expects you to just be like, yes, I love everyone on this team, even if they suck. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, is, there, is, there is a group within any fandom that is 100%, I guess you call it a homer, uh, as, as, far as, as far as just 100% on board you know, for, for the longest time. And, and you know, as an Angel fan, I still think he needs to go, but uh, it's time for Mike Sosha to go. He's been there way too long. But if you go to certain message boards or whatever and, and you express that, oh, God, people come out of the woodwork, you know, wanting to yell at you because he's the guy who took us to the World Series and helped us win the ring. It's like, I'm not saying he's not. I'm just saying a long time ago and it's time to move on. You know, there are people who just assume that the minute anything has ever been successful, that that you got to stick to that formula. You know, and, and you can see the same type of stuff in, in the Star Wars community. You, you know, you've got the people who who obviously wanted Luke Skywalker to uh, to not have claws, you know, and because they got something different, it's not their Luke. And you know, I have a I have a good friend. He almost he didn't break down in front of me, but he I really said I just asked him what's the problem. He said that's not what I wanted for him. 
you know, he he wanted something else for Luke Skywalker. And it's like, damn, I guess I get it. You know, to him, he can't unsee this movie. This is the future for him. So he has such a negative taste on Star Wars now because what he wanted for his favorite character didn't happen. Well, and, and that's uh, and, um, that'll be like the first thing I say, kind of um, a quick thing. And I think, I don't know. I'm loving this discussion, but I think it segues into talking more directly about Solo. Because, like, one of my really uh, good friends on Twitter, who I talk to all the time, like, she was super excited about seeing Val on screen in particular. I think because she would see herself in more of a major role, because she's a black woman in America, and because Tandy Newton's awesome. And, like, all the promo stuff, like, made her look awesome. And then she felt a little disappointed by her, you, you know, very quick amount of screen time like like she's well used when she's on but she's barely on and and then she's gone in, in the story and like i think that it was really similar where it was just like it was hard and she's she's one of the people who i know who is absolutely like died in the wool she's critical of it and, and asks for more but is always on team star wars like buys all the books buys the comics loves it you know is planning cosplay for celebration and loves everything about star wars but like it was it really disappointed her, and like I think it was similar to your friend's reaction with with Luke. You know, it's like it what she didn't even know what she wanted. She just wanted more than she got, and uh, with from Val, and so it was like a little bit of a of like an emotional connection that was a letdown. Well, did and, you ask her? Did you ask her? Is the because because for me, but then again, you know, I'm I'm a dude, and I didn't have any connection as far as she goes. But for me, the thing is that was a waste of a really good actress for the franchise. Well, oh, I think that's Not a the, huge I think that's a huge part of it. I, I think that is definitely. Because like, like, like if you had if you had a no-name person in that role and they died, I, obviously people would be like, "Damn, you know, we could have had a cool character." But I think the fact that you get, you know, Tanny Newton in that spot and it's like, "Oh, what a waste." No, you do feel like that. And like, I don't know, man. There's all I, it, it just it makes me think of all these these ideas and some of them are pretty pretty different and silly but some of them are like barely different than what they actually did and they would make me a little more into it like like i don't know or or just things that, that like i feel like they just didn't think about how it would make people feel or or my or another way of looking at it but like and i think that val is definitely something that they weren't setting out to hurt people by doing that but i think that it you know it's a trope in uh, in fiction that's called fridging when someone's killed off for the emotional development, uh, when a woman is killed off for the emotional development of a man, and I've talked about it before on the show, and it's pretty widespread, I think, you know, knowledge in a lot of uh, fan circles, but uh, as a term. But, like, it's interesting to me, because I, like, I talked to some people who loved Solo, and uh, ha- also liked Deadpool 2, but were critical of a death in Deadpool 2. I just thought it was interesting, because part of the idea of, of a fridge, of a fridging, is when a woman is killed who has very little development except for to to benefit a man's, you know, uh, a male character. And, you know, Val was cool as hell, but we didn't see her on very much. And, you know, you'd think, I didn't really focus on it, but you'd think it was mostly the, the ramifications of the death were a little bit to affect Tom, but mostly to affect Beckett. And, uh, you know, conversely, the character of Vanessa stays in... Uh, to spoil Deadpool 2 a little bit, stays in the, the movie throughout it, even though she doesn't live through that, throughout the whole thing. And she had an entire movie of development where, where, like, it was a romance. It was about his relationship with her and her relationship with him. Like, she was a very well-developed character in the, in the first movie. So it feels like it doesn't really apply to her. And I just think it's interesting that people didn't notice with Val... Because, like you said, it's a good movie. Like it's a movie they really enjoyed, and so they they're less critical, maybe because of the pacing, because of because they were having fun when they were watching it. So like they weren't thinking of that stuff, and that that is something that disappointed me when it happened, but didn't like, you know, didn't take me out of the movie like a couple other things did, you know, as much. Uh, the Terrace Kasi mentioned. <laughs> oh, good lord, Tim. When when they mentioned uh, Terrace Kasi, Jared just starts yelling in the theater. No, I laughed for like I laughed so loud for like like sustained one loud laugh like like a seal or whatever like an elephant seal for like twenty seconds maybe it was so funny to me and the best part to me for that was St- Steele said uh, we were hanging out afterward that at the actual premiere there was one person and like the two thousand people in the theater there was one person who reacted so I just love it that 
no matter how big the theater is, there's one of me. <laughs> like, there's, there's somebody, there's somebody out there yeah, who appreciated that. Uh, maybe they did it for the opposite reason, because I hated that game. That's why I thought it was hilarious. I loved the reference, but maybe maybe they loved the game. Maybe they were like, Terskazi is the best. <laughs> like For me, it was just like, why would you go out of your way to mention that? And, and I don't know. It was funny. But What uh, do you think of it, Tim? Well, I was, I was going to say, before we get to specifics, at least of what we thought of the movie, a couple of things I wanted to point out. Uh, uh-huh. n- number one is that th- this is just too ironic for me to pass on. Um, <laughs> due to some level of technical issues, we've been fine. We've, we're still recording. We're all fine. Um, but every once in a while, as people I'm sure have noticed, you two sound slightly robotic, and I am crystal clear. I, think, I feel like I this think is anti-human propaganda, Right. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is this. What I what I love is the 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 eye to detail that Tim's putting in this episode because this is his version of L 3s robot rebellion. That's right. <laughs> that's uh as always. He's an amazing droid who puts you know above goes above and beyond. I would never uh, put your brain in a uh, body <laughs> with, in a body with without uh, autonomy or appendages or a voice against your will. I'm gonna put him in my Roomba. <laughs> wow, that that pretty much sums up our relationships, I guess. Um, Tell Timmy to keep uh, Sweden. <laughs> so first I love, off, basically, I love you more than than Lando loves L three, uh, and Mark has a dirty uh, kitchen floor. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so first off, I just had to point out that irony. Secondly, I have to point out that the score is currently four zero, so I'm still missing out something great here because it went up by one other point. Uh, go Golden Knights. That we're rooting for. I'm not even talking to you anymore, I... Jared. Nice to have you on the show. <laughs> Jeez, that was cold. Because <laughs> he knows he's attacking my, you know, like like this is going after home. Like this isn't okay. Have you know any, do you live in um, Washington, DC? N- not in it. No. You live, okay, you live so adjacent, then... right? It's it's in the area. <laughs> it could be north. It could be south. It could be west. No one's I'm saying. Just, I'm saying is Tim's address is. No, I'm living way east of DC. <laughs> like just in the middle of the ocean. Address is all. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Okay, anyway, so yeah, it's four zero, and this is great. All right, um, but yeah, so four specific things about Solo. Well, now that I said specific, I just mean like, uh. Character base, like for example, what did you think of um, L three or how Alden Ehrenreich did Han Solo or uh, Donald Glover Lando? Anybody? We kind of talked about like Val. We didn't talk about Beckett at all yet. So just kind of what are your thoughts of the movie? And also, I know um, at least for a little bit, Mark, you wanted to talk about what you did like and Jerry. What I mean, I know you liked it too, but like what what things you had some more of the issues with or whatever? Yeah, like because I, I feel like I'm definitely the most negative of us about it. Uh, and I'm not sure uh, Andrea had only seen it once when she had said she had some, some criticisms. I think she, it seemed like she might be more on my end, but who knows no, if she's seen it. In here. Well, and who knows uh, if she's seen it more times, you know, if she, uh, like your end more is really less. And Jared, your end is still somehow the middle. It always is. Yes. You may be I, teetering I, to one side. But you're I love I love everybody. I know you do. <laughs> well, and I just want to see everybody's point. Like, and I just I, and I, I and it's legitimate. It's uh, I always worry that people think I'm you know appeasing them or whatever. It, 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 I Tashi said one of the nicest things I've ever heard in my life. Uh, uh, she said that I was just a really good listener and that I like she's heard me listen to a lot of people like just like unload on on them like at a late night after a Star Wars premiere or party or something <laughs> where we're all very drunk. Like, I've heard more than one person just like, just like dump a lot of stuff on you and you just listen. <laughs> just like, that's hard. And like, I appreciate that. Like, that means so much to me because <laughs> I really, I try to listen. It's not, I'm not just nodding and not, and not paying attention. <laughs> but, uh, See, I, think, I think I'm, I think I'm regressing. I really am. Like you, I, 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 I just, I just think that, that, I feel I feel like the the middle ground is harder and harder to find. That people push every, you to it, one side, right? Well, I just I just feel like I you know because because I don't know what circles you hang out in or whatever, Jared. But I just see more and more and more bombardment from from I guess both camps. 
you know, we've talked about it before, but each has their own reason why they're, they want more or upset with, you know, Star Wars. And it's just like, God, is there, are people at, at just happy at all about this? You know, I get being critical of it and I get, you know, uh, I, I get all that. But what I just see is people just, it just feels like there's a load of people out there just crapping on it. And it's like, man, this is this is not what, not what I signed up for. This this isn't what Twitter was in the beginning. No, I know what you mean for sure. I do. You know, I just, I just want to. Not great. Yeah, you know, it, it, gets, it gets to the point. Like for me, I will never ever tag a creator on anything if if I uh, if I dislike something. Oh um, yeah, I don't get why people do that. Well, <laughs> like, you know. But it, but that's the that's the thing now, you know. And there's just, oh man, it I heard a like comedian. Less less, it feels like there's less and less of people who are just tagging creators to thank them, and more and more of just hey, let me tell you how big of a pile of crap you are. Well, that, that's a. Uh, I just listened to a comedian who said that uh, you know that not only do people like occasionally like this is rarely people will will tag him. And uh, and say mean stuff. More than that, people will mention him and not tap him and say mean stuff. But somebody else will go out of their way to like retweet it, like quote it, and tag him. Be like, hey, look at this! Like some second douche is like, like make sure you know people don't like you. And it's like, what? What? What the heck? You didn't even have that thought. You just wanted to make sure that they felt bad. Like it's so weirdly childish. It's crazy. Because, because, look at look at Ron Howard. He got put into this situation, and when he was hired by Kathleen Kennedy, people crapped on the choice, not because you know he was a bad choice, but because they wanted something else. And and he, he I'm sure, he I'm, hold on, hold on, hold on, for different finish. reasons, right? I mean, but I, but I'm sure he saw all that, and he's like, I'm just trying to come in and help out, you know. And he's getting to do something that he's loved since since he was younger, and so he comes into a situation, tries to make the best of it. And I'm sure he's upset at the box office or he's sad or he's like, I don't know what else I could have done, you know, but in this situation, you've got people crapping on him, people crapping on him before he started to make the movie, people crapping on him going ah, you know, haha, this is what we knew would happen after he finished. And he made a fun movie. I, ha- I don't have, you know, on just a cursory level, I don't have issues with it. You know, I had a great time, but ultimately it's like, you know, people have feelings, and, and you know, if you want, if you want to dislike it, nobody says you, you know, nobody says you have to like it, but it's just this this dog pile that people tend to have, especially with creators and all that. It, it, it's it doesn't feel right. Well, and this is where I, I like completely to agree with you about like, the creators. Go, go on, Tim. Well, this is where I like to give a shout out to like Matt, who's someone we all know on Twitter, who had basically said the other day, like, look, he's more excited about the, and feels more positive about the spinoffs or whatever with rogue one and solo so far he said the sequel trilogy just isn't as much for me he's like that's fine you guys like it cool whatever he's not down on them he's just like not really my thing i mean he he likes them but they're just not as good for him as exciting yeah as like the solo and rogue ones great (laughs) you know i'm happy for you it's just because that's for me what it should be more like just talk about what we like instead of just putting down everyone else for and make everybody else feel bad for liking what they do like well, I just think, I don't know, for me, I definitely, again, I'm somewhere in the middle where I want to be able to talk about what I didn't like, but as long as we're cool with each other and people don't take it personally, but nobody right. does. Everybody takes it personally. It's like, you know, and, and I don't think, I think there's a difference between if two friends are talking about a movie and like, hey, what do you think of it? I didn't like this and I liked this. I did like this and I didn't like this and here's why and they talk about it. That's not the same as jumping into a stranger's mentions who's saying, I love this movie and saying, you suck. Here's why, <laughs> like, because that's, but that happens a lot. People do that, and like, that doesn't make any sense. Let people have their joy, especially people you don't know. It's like, oh, I disagree with this, and this was retweeted into my timeline. So it's my job to be a jerk. But like, it's a, it's, it seems to be a real instinct people have. I don't understand it. That in Twitter. <laughs> what about that? It's that in Twitter, because even if even. People don't even have to tweet anything into your timeline or retweet it in your timeline to be. Oh, so. Twitter makes sure yeah. we know. Yeah, 
right? Yeah. Twitter, yeah. Twitter's such a jerk with that stuff. It makes us Twitter stalkers. Like, and everybody I know, the only solution anyone can present is, oh, you need TweetDeck. Uh, I know it's like a dollar or whatever, but on principle, I'm like <laughs> that are dollar. I don't even know what TweetDeck is, and I, I guess I don't want to know. It's some app that will make that stuff not appear if we don't want it to. Which I who about- wants it to? Nobody wants it to. No one's asked for it ever. Like you know. <laughs> I thought about uh, muting the words Star Wars the other day, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> "Do I really want to go there?" <laughs> that I love that. But it, it was it was a possibility. I was like, "Man, I don't know." I was trying to think if there if there's any one word that that you know just not triggers necessarily, but but brings things into my town when they don't like, and there's nothing, nothing in particular. I don't know. I, it, it's just it's just I I, I like the movie a lot. It, it it's not going to go down as like my favorite uh, Star Wars movie of all time, but I think just the conversation surrounding it just brings it down as far as boy it's just a you know because already it's kind of depressing that you know it, it didn't do that well at the box office because obviously things that you like you want it to do well it, it you know for me for me solo doing poorly in my opinion it's like boy am i getting a boba fett movie now no I honestly, that. but i'm also glad that you at least you're thinking about it like, like you, you're not like putting your fingers in your ear and being like it's good so shut up <laughs> like, well, like, like you know what i mean like and i could see why people i could see why people wanted certain things or, or didn't appreciate it, you know but but what i got out of it, it, it you know so you, I, you liked it i think maybe the best why, why why don't you give us an assessment of of that I liked it the most out of all three of us? No, yeah. Or just like, just what did you think of the movie? What, 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 like, why don't you give your interpretation? Uh, I feel like we're I... focusing on the bad stuff, you know, you know, the controversy, yeah, and yeah. We, we covered it. I think, like, you know, because I mean? <laughs> we all we, we all feel we all don't like it, and I think we've all we, we we've analyzed it a lot. <laughs> let me go. Sucks. Let me go with my bread and butter first. Let me let me okay. go with the things I know, and and Tim can chime in on this. Uh, the the soundtrack, the score was fantastic. It was. Um, it, it really was. It, and especially, you know, it, I, I've listened to that thing so many times. Um, and, and just the fact that we got an amazing, an amazing, um, uh, I guess, concert piece by John Williams, The Adventures of, of Han Solo. Uh, and that itself is woven into everything in, in the score. Um, and, and we got some callbacks, you know, one of the great tracks is reminiscence therapy, which is just yeah. everything I've ever wanted, you know, everything I've ever wanted in one track. It really is Seriously. like the greatest hit track. It, it really, really is. It is. And, and it's just so much fun. And then when you take that music and you throw it on, you know, the movie, it's just, it's like, how can I hate this? Uh, Aaron Reich, you know, I, I had, I was concerned when you, you get concerned when you hear that oh, this guy needs some acting lessons, and whether that's true or false, or he needed him or didn't need him, I don't know. But to me, he was uh, Han Solo at a certain point. Uh, in the beginning, I think I was looking at him and I wasn't sure because I think they put some sort of digital filter to some extent to make him look younger, obviously in, in the opening scenes because there's a, a a time shift. But once it got to the point that he was actually, you know, started to meet up with Beckett and Chewbacca and, and, and you know, he started to have a, a story that he was a part of. It was like, I really thought he did a great job. Um, I actually thought, I honestly thought that uh, Donald Glover was great as Lando, but he really was underused as far as the story goes. He was there as more comic relief than anything. Um, and, you know, I mean, that's not... See, Lando was never. To me, Lando was never really comic relief, but he's become that in so many people's minds that it, that it's a little annoying. I mean, I mean, he's supposed to be suave and all that, but at the same time, it's like he's he's Lando's not the character in this movie that he is in Empire Strikes Back, and I get that he's supposed to grow as a character, but Empire Strikes Back Lando is pretty damn serious. Well, yeah, right. it, it's, he's got to have changed a lot to be a guy who cares that much about 
you know, the community is a community leader who, like, is literally in charge of an entire, you know, maybe planet, definitely. He, he, he feels like he has this kind of responsibility with the land and the movie doesn't, but it is 10 years earlier. And I think that not only do we, like you said, we know he's different, but, like, the way Han sees him when he comes in is so different. Like, I feel like he has to be, has to be a pretty steep learning curve for him in that 10 years. Yeah, I, 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 like, I think... I think Han is a character from obviously, you know, solo to, you know, the original trilogy versus, you know, Lando to Empire. It, it is a huge difference in the, in the maturing of, of the character or the maturation of the character. Cause, cause Lando is definitely a more mature person uh, by the time we get to him in, in Empire Strikes Back than, than, you know, Han still is. So. Well, it's like it's he interesting. Said, I would I would like to see that story somewhere. It's like he said, yeah, I'm responsible these days. You know, he says that too in Empire. I think, and again, indicating he has changed as a person from where he was last time they saw each other, being in in Solo. Um, no, that doesn't mean that they last saw each other in Solo. I don't take that at all. I, well, I mean, maybe not, but if that is, you the could case, definitely take. I think you could definitely take that interpretation and run with it. But it doesn't feel so limited that you have to. You know, right, 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 right. No, yeah, it doesn't have to be that way by any means. But I feel like as of now, that's what we're working with, largely well, because yeah. of their introduction in Empire versus how they left in Solo. Yeah, maybe I could see that. Um, but okay, well, anyway, but just to kind of, I guess, go over the main things I wanted to mention about that. Um, of course, one Mark, you kind of already went over with the whole soundtrack thing. Um, but it's like I think I was I was texting you when I was listening to it. I'm like, one of the most impressive things to me about it is that it is 100% Star Wars in, in a kind of a fresh way, and at the same time, it is 100% John Powell, and it's very true to him and who he is as a composer. Um, so, oh Tim, it, you know I was going to text you the other day, but I never know when you're around, so I just didn't even bother. <laughs> Is there is there bits of because I know G Aquino and John Powell got behind the scenes and talked. Yeah. But is there bits of G Aquino's Rogue One in this? You know, I, there are a couple I, times that it kind of reminded me of that for sure. Um, okay. And there are a couple times I, I this is most likely just uh, because it's the same composer, but there are a couple times, especially some of the string work, really reminded me of How to Train Your Dragon Two specifically. Um, which is a great one. And I don't know if he kind of borrowed from that experience or if it just because it came from the same mind or what, but that was also interesting. Um, one of the well, things... Also, yeah, go ahead. Well, real quick, in case people don't know, um, this was John Williams' suggestion, by the way. Yes. John Powell on, on this movie. Yeah, he, he, speci- he named him, out of all the composers, yeah. he was like, I think John Powell would be perfect for this movie. So if you don't um, like it, you don't like uh, John Williams, and you're trying to hurt him, and uh, that, you're, that you're was the yep. kind of factor we were going for. <laughs> I'm into, I'm into it. Yeah, I'm into it. Uh, but one thing I did notice about the movie was I was a little, not big time, but just like a little disappointed in that I felt the score was slightly undermixed in the overall sound. It could have just been like the sound system in my theater. I don't know, um, but I felt like it was a little bit undermixed. Uh, but beyond that, just the soundtrack itself, though, is really great. Um, another thing I wanted to mention is, because I've seen it twice at this point, and I had different viewing experiences, depending on how I went into it. So basically, the first time I saw it at the premiere, I was expecting a Star Wars movie that's about Han this time, right? And it was good, and I enjoyed it, but it, it wasn't quite what I was... I didn't get the payout from it that I thought I would. Um, the second time that I went to see it, I was expecting basically a space Italian job or just like a space heist movie. Tim, and... that's, the, that's my favorite thing you've ever said. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm like, and I, I enjoyed it thoroughly the second time from beginning to end without any thing. I, just, I wasn't thinking about it. I, was just, I just sat down and enjoyed it for what it is, which I know everybody keeps saying that, but I don't know what it is until you see it. Who's, who's the star of the Italian job? Uh, Mark Wahlberg. Damn. No. Tim, you were so close. I just I had such respect okay. for you well, and it that, well, that is like a like a like an elevator just lost all its power. <laughs> okay, no, so he, well he, that he, it, he it is failed. Wasn't there I, I, there was another one, right? Yeah, there was the uh, original one. See, the original yeah. one 
no, I haven't thing seen about the original it. one. The weird thing about it, it the, the actual plot of the film takes place in Italy. It's not just something <laughs> they reference offhandedly to be cute because they're like, oh, did you guys do this in the Italian job? Ah, it makes me hate Mark Wahlberg, and he's <laughs> in those types of movies. Like, like that that's the right use of him. That one, and what was the big hit? And was, you know, where he was a hitman. It's fun stuff. Yeah, no, I, I do. I do remember there is another one. I just haven't seen it, so my mind goes no, you're, to you're Donald Sutherland robot. and all that. It's not my fault. You're a robot that's like less than thirty years old. I mean, <laughs> people my age, most people my age would answer what you answer, which also hurts me and makes me feel like I'm supposed to be at least Mark's age, not like an older person. Like, come on, man, how could uh, it's Michael Caine, dude? It's so good. <laughs> Um, but let's see. And just, I guess the only other thing to really go over about it, um, it, it, there are a lot of parts that came together for this movie. And, you know, you have like the Phil Lord and Chris Miller pre-production slash early production side. You have the Ron Howard production, post-production side. And then you have, I mean, obviously those, and then you have like the Lawrence Kasdan and, uh, John coming together and writing with both experience with Star Wars writing and then kind of a newer take. It's just a lot of pieces coming together for the first time for this specific movie. And I really feel like at the end of the day, the product that they have was well-polished and put together and very commendable considering the the time frame, especially like Ron Howard had to work with and how he was insistent that they weren't going to push it back and everything. It, it was it's such a huge challenge for anybody to be able to pull off something as well as they did this, whether you like the story or not, whatever, it was still pulled off very well in a challenging environment. So I think there's a certain level of respect that we should be giving them on that alone. Oh, I agree. I absolutely agree. Kind of like, kind of like when people talk about Gikino with the uh, Rogue One score, everybody's even the people who don't like it a whole lot, which is insane, but people who are like, yeah, it was only okay. <laughs> are there? Yeah. Are there people? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and they're like, well, hey. they're not real Star Wars fans. Then, <laughs> to, quote the, to quote the internet recently, <laughs> no, but but even there, just like, yeah, okay, like it, it wasn't great, but it's super commendable. He did it in the time frame that he had, you know. So like, we owe at least that much to the people who made Solo, I think. Yeah, I don't think I, you know, honestly, I don't think if he had, let's say, if he released it in December, we'd have, uh, we'd necessarily have a different film. Um, we have an actually better. I didn't have a problem with uh, with Voss, but you know, seeing him as an alien with Michael K. Williams in the role might have been interesting. Yeah, that one's so frustrating to me because it's not like I know that it's not anything nefarious, but it's just frustrating, you know. <laughs> well, well, like, I, and, and I think it, I think it's enough that they just went, we don't have time to animate this guy. No, I'm sure you're right, and like, and I think you know, I I complained uh, as all the pictures were leaking out because like Indiana Jedi had shared some really great photos of uh stuff that has was officially released but like stuff that was unused of him on set with like partial makeup and stuff and it and seeing the other aliens that were similar it sort of made me think that they probably could have had time to do it but not not with as much as he was on screen you know the aliens that look similar yeah. didn't talk very much it didn't emote very much you know and i think when they had to recast them they're just like you know let's just make paul bettany let's put some put some scars on his face that light up and uh, we're good to go is, is Paul Bettany, you know, people like him, they know who he is, so let's not even mess around with making him an alien at this point. Well, and people pointed out as well that I guess uh, I saw, I think, um, Jonah Marie tweeting about it, but uh, he's, what do you call it? Uh, it appears that he's the same species as an alien from the newest Lego series, the one that's like quasi-canon, the one that is its own thing. I don't know yeah, what it's called. Adventures. Yes, the Freemaker. Like, like the bad the guy force user. Yes. Yeah, all the Freemason people. family, Space Waltons or whatever they are. Uh, what it is. <laughs> Space family, uh, but yeah, no, it seems like um, they just made a choice to make it connect somehow, you know, a little easier, you know, which is cool. They had to do what they had to do. So, Damn. what? Are we ready for me to say crazy stuff? It'll make Mark mad, even though it's not, been, not meant to be like hateful or that critical. Yeah, <laughs> so, so overall, you can tell that uh, you know Tim and I like the movie. So I guess Jared, you know, go ahead and be an a hole. Right. 
here's my here's my bringing you down. Uh, for me, I think the my overall disappointment as I got farther away from it and got disappointed and tried to think why am I not liking this? Like like overall, what what makes this not one of the the one I've liked the least I think so far, even though there's a lot that I really enjoyed, and I felt like for me the Jeff John style of uh, origin comics. I think he did a Green Lantern rebirth and a Flash rebirth. Uh, where he did these origins of DC comic characters, uh, he tells the origin of every single aspect of the character, like down to Barry Allen's bow tie. And I felt like just shy of giving the origin of Han Solo's uh, vest, we got the equivalent of that. I feel like every other thing we could have gotten, we got ticked off. And to me, that feels like a little bit with the lack of marketing and that fact that maybe they weren't thinking they they'd do another one. You know, like. True. Maybe they may, may, they were just they fit everything. It reminds me of all the stories like oh the reason why the Death Stars and A New Hope is because he didn't he never thought he'd get a chance to make another one. Like why did they like what? And even if he were going to include it all, which I think was a weird choice that I but I I came in with the desire to not see, so that affected my viewing, and I can take that as a bias. Like like at the same time, I do feel like it's a pacing issue for me. It makes the world feel claustrophobic. And it makes Han a very specific character, but it's okay. It just changes my view of Han essentially, not because of anything I have pre-existing, like what I hope to see. Just I didn't see him as quite the guy who couldn't get past high school. But when you think about it and the fact that Han defected, met Chewie, met Lando, won the thing in the card game, did the Kessel Run, you know, did all this stuff, got his gun and his holster. All this stuff happened in the course of about a space week. It feels like he's the guy who just can't get over that one championship game in high school. It was just like, hey, you guys remember that time? Everybody loved me back then. <laughs> like, like, because everything he talks about is centered on that one week. <laughs> and, but see, uh, yeah, I, I've, I've mentioned it before, but it's the same scenario. Everybody, there's so many people out there whose favorite movie is Last Crusade. And everything that's important to Indiana Jones happens in 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Bullwhip, hat, snakes, uh, scar. Um, no, and I, but, and I feel like the difference for me is that Indiana Jones is a little bit more cartoonish than maybe what Star Wars has become. Star Wars is for, definitely for you know still for kids and everything. It's got a Muppet. I point okay. it out all the time. Say it again. Say it again. I feel like Indiana Jones is a little more cartoonish than what Star Wars has become. Like 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 Indiana Jones never for me takes itself as seriously as as Rogue One does. You know where you have the. Uh, in that place co- collapsing around him and you have him crying like he's in a free Shakespeare show, you know, like, like with snot bubbles. Like I just can't imagine, like, like to me, like there's something a little bit melodrama and everything because it's so, you know, so serially and so over the top adventure. You've got, you, you've got Chewbacca, you've got Chewbacca swinging on a vine doing a Tarzan yell. Oh no, I'm you've not got, saying that he's not multiple, cartoonish. I, and I said what it has become like, like, like in the last several years, like you look at the, and, and to be fair, Solo's the least – it takes itself the least seriously of these. Even though there's a lot of humor in Last Jedi, like this one this one was more free with the humor. Uh, Last Jedi, Force movie. Awakens, and Rogue One were, were – were, they all had a lot of humor in them but took themselves more seriously, I think, than Indiana, Indiana Jones has to me. But this I would agree with you is more on that level, like for sure. I think, I think Last Jedi is such a downer that it's, it's nice to get – it's nice to get something uh, lighthearted and fun. And and if anything, Han Solo's always been like that. He's always been sort of a little bit of a buffoon uh, at times, certainly. But he feels very much in character here. Granted, I get what you're saying about a lot of stuff happening, you know, all at once. But you know, if people can love that about Indiana Jones, you, you can't criticize that about this movie, in my opinion, because it's the same damn situation. You know, it, it's fan service. Uh, amped up to eleven, so I can definitely agree with that. With that much, however, again, uh, implicit bias accepted. I saw that movie. Oh man, I'm just gonna go ahead and uh, give a hint. I'm not gonna go into it, but I got to see the premiere of that movie, the real one, when I was a kid, because my uncle, not my uncle, I'm, I'm a little bit out of it. My uh, my cousin Trent, he might as well have my uncle. He was like forty. Uh, but he worked for Pepsi as an ad executive, and all the cool stuff I had to do as a kid, I didn't realize was special, but was because of him. I got to I got to do that. I got got a, a Pepsi branded go kart. They gave away like 250 of them, and I got one of them. 
that did not. It was not. Uh, it was nepotism. It was not the way it was supposed to be. <laughs> that, that, that raffle was a scam, and uh, I'm guessing that the other ones went to privileged kids whose <laughs> relatives worked at Pepsi. <laughs> um, and uh, I, yeah, I got to be what do you call it? The Pepsi blimp. So, oh no, I'm not Pepsi one. That's 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 how I always remember that I'm that that I was that insane that I didn't realize how special it was because I complained. I was like six years old and I'm like, why aren't we on the Pepsi blimp? This is the Seven Up blimp and this is bogus. <laughs> and now, like looking back, I feel like I was uh, what's her face and yeah, the chocolate factory. Yeah, yep. no, right? <laughs> like I'm the little brat, and I I, I never want to be that person again. But uh, because of that. I feel like, you know, I'm not saying anyone who went to see the premiere of Solo or any other Star Wars movie is being dis- dishonest with themselves, like, intentionally or lying at all. But some of them have much more lukewarm or negative opinions further down the road. In like, you look at the last four premieres, like, like, like that's happened. I think because that, like, that, that experience is a, a body high. Like, it releases endorphins. You're, like, amazing. So imagine being a little kid seeing Indiana Jones and, like, like I'm never going to be able to judge that fairly. Like I see River Phoenix doing that stuff, and I'm just like, yes! <laughs> like this is the greatest moment. Those like top five greatest moments of my life. Like, and I get to relive it, you know. And so, I am I am admittedly unable to judge that comparison fairly. <laughs> um, the other thing that kind of annoyed me was the thing with Elfrey that I had talked about a little bit before in relation to Tim, which like she's so much about being free. Like, I feel like there's something really unintentionally perverse about her being kind of like trapped in the Falcon. And what I would like to see happen would be cool. They could even be to come back and do, Phoebe Waller-Bridge to come back and do the voice. But it'd be cool if Ray and Rose found her inside the Falcon while the entire resistance is cramped in there and gave her a voice. Maybe even gave her autonomy. And then that way, uh, the Falcon could last forever and could just be, a, what do you call it, uh, a self-driving space car. And uh, it'd be awesome. No. That's not crazy. That's not crazy idea. Well, bear with me. Think about it. Give it, give it time. No. No, we're not Elon Musk in this car. It's better than the uh, crazy theory that took off. Because I said on, on Now This Is Podcasting, jokingly, that may, maybe it was Maul and, uh, and Infus Nest were uh, Ray's parents. Because somebody I, – I, I, I wanted to see who played Infus Nest, so I looked her up on, on Google, like on the ride home – or not to home, but to uh, – randy's to record and on the way there the uh, uh i read i think maybe oh somebody quoting reddit i don't think i just i don't think i've ever been to reddit but it was somebody saying oh these people think that maybe infus nest is Ray's mom because he has staff and i'm like oh my god i mean my eyes rolled back in my head and so i was like well if the staff is all it takes then clearly darth maul is also her her, uh, her dad and then now i have friends who have ju- jumped on the joke theory that it's maul and Kira are her parents, and that uh, before Maul died, uh, Hera ended up, or Hera, uh, Kira ended up laying an egg, and it wait, you know, that's why Rey is so young, even though Maul died in Rebels. And uh, all right, well, I love it. Hashtag <laughs> Reg. I coined the Frank. I coined, coined that one. Reg. It's two, two, uh, Ray with two G's at the end. And uh, the other one, the, the other one is that I I joked about it. like somebody was somebody was taking that theory seriously on Twitter the Darth Maul uh, Kira parentage and I joking and they're like how's that even possible he doesn't have you know a penis and so I respond first off he's died before second off penises aren't necessary and I had a picture of uh, Shmi <laughs> there was no father and the guy thought I was serious and I was like. <laughs> I should have known because he thought that the original people talking about it were serious, but it's just like, no, I wasn't serious. I I had no response because I can't defend that. (laughs) I don't think, I don't think it's happening. I just don't don't think that, uh, yeah. What else did you hate, Jared? What else did I hate? Um, Let's see. I said Val, the L3 thing bummed me out a little bit. The only the only th- like element that I really actively disliked origin wise was uh, his name like kind of I don't know man I don't know I felt like it was awkward the whole moment with him and Landon I talked about dads was supposed to be them bonding over something but it turned out to be really awkward and weird and unintentionally I think messed up 
because all it really did, all it really did was say Lando's got a living mom and had a dad who wasn't around, which is sort of a stereotype. And if they'd explored it more, I would have been a little more okay with it. But the weird thing about it is the, the way Han didn't make sense for me. Because I felt like they did, it, it, it might have been a result in script changes and stuff and directorial changes from before and using things. But it just didn't make sense to me, the narrative of him saying, uh, the, what do you call it? Uh, of him saying that he didn't have any relationship with his dad, but also he has this really great fond memory of going to the factory with his dad. Like just that, Those two things in the same short period of time without the time to unpack them felt a little awkward. So it made it not feel uh, rang as true as it should for me. But I'm not like that doesn't ruin the movie for me. It just wasn't was an awkward moment for me. Okay, yeah, sure. so, so I guess what we're saying overall is that generally speaking, it didn't suck, right? Some of us like it. <laughs> the movie. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Jared's gonna see it again, so obviously he didn't hate it. He yeah, just no, thought, I don't think it's like the first movie ever. Work. Well, I, I just, the biggest thing for me was to not go into it expecting a Star Wars movie, but more to have Star Wars as the setting to this other story, which, again, that's the point, but I didn't really understand it or grasp it until I got to see it the first time. And then with that understanding the second time, I, I did enjoy it. I enjoyed it the first time, but I enjoyed it far more at, at the second viewing. I really, I really think movies like this ultimately should not – probably shouldn't be in the theater. I'd say it. Um, because I first of all I can't figure out why it costs so much money to make, unless it's all the reshoots. But I think the reshoots are a huge part. I really do. But but. Still, there's not a there's not a ton of there's not there's not a ton of locales or sets or anything. I mean, I mean, it kind of takes place on the Falcon, or it takes place in in this ship or that ship, you know. And it just feels like it didn't need to be that expensive. It also feels that it, like at the same time that. It could have been something for Disney streaming service, you know, and, and maybe that's the place for the type of films because I, I think you know we've talked a lot about what audiences are going to see now, and and there is really no maybe audiences want to rush out to see a film that they feel like they need to see that has consequences of some kind. So so running out to see you know an origin story of of a guy we already know has died in in The Force Awakens and that we've seen many times. Maybe that's something that's like, ah, I can sit on Netflix or Redbox or I could stream it when it comes out. I don't need to rush to see that. I want to see it. It's just not important. It's not it's not like rushing out to see Infinity War because, oh, my God, there's 10 years of, of, uh, of Marvel movies and they finally get the battle and it's everybody in it. You know, it just doesn't feel like maybe for some people it just doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like something they need to spend money on at that stage. Cause if you know anything, you know, it's going to be out in less than six months on, on Blu-ray or streaming or you name it. Right. But yeah, and, and go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, uh, that there's one thing that I hadn't heard a lot of people talk about much, but it occurred to me and I'd seen a little bit of discussion of was, and it just reminded me of the, uh, discussion, about the way Dark Horse used to be told to do things under the old uh, Lucasfilm stuff in kind of the dark era where George wasn't really actively interested in, in the licensed stuff. You know, he, it was before he got work on The Clone Wars. It was kind of a really brief... Or, or, or before The Clone Wars was, like, out and it was ready to come out. So it was, I guess, the very beginning of that. So at the time, uh, I was told by the people who I worked with at Oni who used to work with uh, the... Uh, used to work at, at, in the production department at Dark Horse, they had always said that no matter who was on it, if it had Darth Vader on it, if it had Boba Fett or whatever, they were always told, you got to have a lightsaber on it. You have to have a lightsaber on it or people won't know it's Star Wars. And to me, you know, even in the movie, when Darth Maul shows up, you know, so, oh, spoiler short, the small, our favorite guy, he had a shirt on, spoiler, that was probably a, lot, a large part of my negative reaction. But uh, <laughs> the, the fact that he had to, like, Whip that thing over and use the force, and then turn it on. Like, 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 like he's on a Skype call. It's like he just like cocked his gun or something, or like pulled out a samurai sword and sheathed it. Like, it's like it's such a weird move. I, I, and it makes sense. It's like a crime boss. Like, like, yeah, you're talking like a yakuza in one of those movies. They might do the same thing. It makes sense, but it's still at the same time. It's like it. It just it just makes me think. Maybe that's a big part of it. Maybe we underestimate how much. Because I mean, to me. I don't care about space battles. Like, you know, I, I, I'm into this stuff because I'm into it and I'm going to give the first movie that is like 
a rogue squadron type story, a tribe. It is a space battle, you know, movie. But you know, that's not what got me into Battlestar Galactica. It was the characters and the weird, you, you know, man candidate stuff and uh, you know, artificial intelligence. You know, it was all these other religions, other things. So, like for me, in the same way. The Force is so important to me for Star Wars. I could see where a casual fan is just like, wait, this one's not going to have Luke and no Jedi? Okay, I guess I don't care. (laughs) Because, you know, everybody has different interests and different things. And maybe some of those same people that do feel that way are some, or maybe there's overlap, but the people who didn't enjoy The Last Jedi as much because they were disappointed by Luke. Not the crazy fanboys who were protesting, just the guys who were like, I wasn't really happy with what they did with Luke. It wasn't what I wanted. Now I know this one doesn't even have Jedi, and all I care about is that. So, okay. Well, I, I, I mentioned that I had a coworker who was like, "Hey, um, yeah." So you saw you saw Solo, right? And I said, "Yeah." He goes, "Well, you know me. I didn't really care for Rogue One because you know there's no lightsabers. Does this one have lightsabers?" And I said, uh, "No." <laughs> He's like, "Oh, then I don't need to go see it. I'll wait." Right? See, so uh, so it's the same. It's, it's exactly that, right? There's got to be, and he can't be the only one who feels that way in in, in the world. There's got to be a few. No, and I love the way you said that, though, because, like, I have seen some very intelligent people who are like, I talked to one of my friends, and so it's got to be this guy's. And I'm like, that is the, like, that's not how it works. That's an anecdote. <laughs> like, 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 that's not how research works. You don't pull one guy. But, like, but you said, like, he's not the only one. That's true. We don't know how many people reacted that way, but there's got to be more people. No, and, and for, every, for every person who there's that, there's definitely the people out there who are like, uh, you know, I don't know if I, if I like the way they handled Luke, like you said, and Luke's not in this one, so maybe I don't need to see it. Or and that's, oh, that's not that's not that's not Han Solo, or maybe people didn't even know it was out. Yeah, some people didn't. I think because you know we can't ignore the marketing stuff that we kept talking about. Even everyone acted like towards the end, everyone was acting like we were a little crazy because oh, it's Star Wars. But we take that for granted. It's you said it. I think maybe the first week you were back after Infinity War, or we were back after Infinity War came out. Like that's the new that's the new thing. It's not. It is. It's not Star Wars anymore, and even Marvel they can't take for granted. They're not gonna. They're not gonna keep. Ha- they're not gonna keep raising the bar every time. The next door might not be more successful than Ragnarok. You know, it's not gonna wait, be that way. And they've had. They have problems. Or too tanked. That, you know. It, yeah, it took. It took the third movie to really kick ass. <laughs> no, it did. And finding a really good voice. It bums me out that uh, Taika met with them. And I don't know if they – we don't know if they offered anything, but he said in an interview after it he didn't want to work with them. Think, think about it, and I think about what Star Wars is. And I'm not like – I'm not mad about it overall, but it just frustrates me because like you know, he's willing to work at Marvel. And you look at the people they choose to hire, and the track record right now is not only do they end up replacing a lot of people at Star Wars, but like they don't let all the directors finish you know, the jobs. It's like It's like I'm not saying that they're making the wrong choices, but I can see why – just on the outside, it's possible those things contribute to someone like Taika saying, like, Marvel let me and Coogler do what we wanted. And these guys, yes. like, get micromanaged. But it, it wasn't always that way. You, re- you remember that? You remember that? Edgar uh, Wright. Edgar Wright and Patty yeah. Jenkins. They both quit. Patty Jenkins. And then so did, uh, what was the other one? Good Lord. Edgar Wright was, 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 oh, far, was far into Ant-Man. Like, they were ready to go. They'd done all right. this. Oh, what, what's his name? Who did, who, did, uh, who did Dark World said he'll never work with them again? I don't know. Um, God, I forget his name. He he was one of the guys from Game of Thrones. He wasn't he wasn't happy with with the thing. And I think a lot of it just had to do with, from what I understand at the time, uh, long story. But one of the executives that people had to report to was not always Kevin Feige. It was uh, Ron Perlman and not, and not Hellboy. Not not, not Ron Perlman. Ike Perlmutter, right? Ike Perlman. Oh yeah. Why do you think of Ron Perlman? <laughs> no, for you it's- you. I was already thinking it, but I was thinking as you said, not Hellboy. I was like, I was about to say, that's Hellboy. But no, Ike Perlmutter, yeah, and he's the whole reason why they can't cross over with the TV because like Figi finally forced him out after Avengers one. But and I think at a, at a certain after a certain while, I think Feige's like kind of just you know how you start winning, you know. Well, it doesn't always happen to me, but when you're in Vegas or you're get, you're gambling and you're like. Uh, I I'm probably gonna lose at some point, but the hell with it, let it ride. And I think that's Feige at this point. He's just like, do whatever you want with Thor, go for it. And he's holy crap, it worked. Well, let's do something again. He's just he's on that like 
rolling no. with it and let people do crazy things. You're right. It's, yeah. uh, it's like I was just reading about the woman who was part of this like uh, writers program at Marvel Studios, who's the one who selected Guardians of the Galaxy like from graphic novels that she wanted to adapt, and like she's and and you know it's like he chose that. He gave that to Gunn. You know, it's like he picked this script that was from a complete unknown that is also like from characters that don't make any sense on paper. Like you said, like he's just, at some point he was just like, I'm really good at this. I'm going to take whatever chances I want. <laughs> and he trusted his gut. And so far it has paid off splendidly ever since he got rid of Perlmutter. I think, and I think Kennedy's probably gun shy at this point. Oh yeah. She's gotta be. Sorry, Tim, go ahead. Well, so if you're wondering, Mark, the guy's name is Alan Taylor. Who did Thank you. Dark War. Yeah, sure. Um, so, but I just want, I have to say like as a, a parting thought, um, when we close this episode, that we have Avengers down, we've got Solo down. Um, up next is going to be Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom, and that's going to yes. be a really good one. So everyone needs to keep an eye out for that yes. because it is going to be good. Okay. Because Mike, it's Tim, and I saw seven minutes of it. <laughs> seven and a half. Sorry, seven and a half. <laughs> Give me that thirty oh, seconds. Wait, are you seriously? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, really. Tim is evil. <laughs> it was, it, it was, it was good. Okay. Um. All right, but that's it. So thank you for everybody for, for listening in, and uh, hopefully you enjoyed our discussion about Solo and, and things surrounding it right now. Um, hopefully, Maybe we get some resistance news this week. I, I really do. I've been thinking about that a lot. I'm, I'm really looking forward to anything that we get from that, um, just to kind of get more of an idea of what, what experience it's going to be to have this show. Um, hopefully when we're back on next week, we'll have Andrea back, and uh, we can get her thoughts with what's going on with Solo. And... Um, kind of go from there so thank you for being on both of you and thank you everybody for listening and we'll be back next time thank you bye